0: Come on, that is, that is more than enough for me. But if you're grateful for Jesus, can we keep those applause going? Come on, let's celebrate the goodness and the greatness of our God. If, if you're grateful for Jesus, make some noise, make some noise. Just, man, there's, there's nobody like our God. Just, just remain standing with me two more seconds, two more seconds, and I promise you I'll let you sit down after that. But I, I just want to take a second, and I want to honor your pastors, I, In fact, I actually really believe so much in this moment because this moment sets up everything that we're about to jump into. See, if if you've ever been in a service where there's a guest speaker, you might know, ah, here we go. It's about to be the honor swap. You know, our pastor said something nice about Pastor Chris. Now Pastor Chris is going to say something nice about Pastor Jeremy and Jen. But the fact is, the fact is, this moment really has nothing to do with your pastors and nothing to do with me. But actually, everything to do with God and everything to do with you. See, theology teaches us that when we make much of a man or a woman of God, what we're saying is, God, I agree with your choice. And when you come into agreement with the choices of God, he extracts his glory from that. I can't think of a better choice than the one God made in giving you Pastor Jeremy and Jen Dewar. Can we thank God for them right now? And to- today, I- I'm gonna be preaching on breakthrough. Let me just let the cat out the bag. The Bible says that when Jesus was in his own hometown, he couldn't perform any miracles because of the lack of faith and the lack of honor. That means somebody showed up to the house where Jesus was and did not get what they needed because of pride. I don't know about you. I do not have the luxury of going back home the same way that I came. If Jesus is in the house and he's in the house, if he's in the house, that means there is blessing here, there is opportunity here, there is breakthrough here. If there's anybody in the room that says, I want everything it is that Jesus has for me, why don't you go on ahead and give him one more shout of praise in this place. Yeah. Hallelujah. Go on ahead and grab your seat. Man, what an honor it is to be here. We're getting to know each other for the first time. My name is Chris, and I'm, I'm born and raised in New York. I'm born and raised in Queens, New York. And, and this is what I get to do full time. I, I get to travel the world preaching and teaching the gospel. I've, I've served in youth ministry for over a decade. I served as an executive pastor. I even served as a senior pastor for a short season. But now in this season of my life, I get to travel full-time and what an incredible honor it is in fact let me just show you my family since we're going to be getting to know each other I just I, I'm, I'm showing them not necessarily to brag but kind of because they're beautiful um but because I want to ask for a favor see see the, the guy by my feet it, you know he looks like a stuffed animal no that's Jack um and he, he's the best he, he he listens he's always there when you need him just any dog people <laughs> cat people all right, we're going to pray for you at the end. Um, but but there on my shoulder, that, that beautiful young lady, her name is Chloe, and she turns 13 years old tomorrow. Thir- No, no, we're not celebrating. I'm not happy about it. Um, I'm not happy about it because my girl just evolved and now all of a sudden she wants to shop at Lululemon and Sephora and I'm not okay with it. Okay, I want to keep her at the children's place. Uh, Does that even still exist? I don't know. Anyway, um, that's my son Dylan uh, to the right. He's about to be 16 years old and he's just the best. Both of my children love Jesus and we're just so grateful for them. And then that, that beautiful woman behind me, her name is Jairus. Everybody say Jairus. That's just so when you get to meet her one day you get to say her name right because people be jacking it up She's given up when she goes to Starbucks. She just says Lisa, Uh, you know, she lies, but it's okay She don't want to deal with the embarrassment We've been married 17 years this past November. We just celebrated 17 years of marriage Dated five years before that so in this moment of our lives We've actually been with each other longer than we've been without one another and and the reason why I want to show you a picture Is because I want to ask you for a favor? If you ever remember us beyond this moment, would you pray? Just shoot a little prayer for us because this is what we do full time. We are living in a season of complete faith as we travel the world as evangelists, teaching and preaching the gospel. So if you ever remember us beyond this moment, just say a little prayer for us and I'll do the same for you anytime I think of you. Is that okay? I want to go to the Old Testament right now, and I want to read to you a story. It's one of my favorite stories. It's found in the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3 through 9. And I'm going to do my best to teach this text, but I also feel like preaching it today, if that's okay. I just I have a fire on the inside of me, and I just feel like there's a certain way the Holy Spirit is downloading it to me. The Bible reads like this. It says, Now there were four men with leprosy. I just want to stop right there. Notice that it doesn't say now there were four lepers. It says now there were four men with leprosy. Why? Because although they have an infirmity, their infirmity does not become their identity. And that's really important to understand. You are not what you're dealing with. You're still a man of God. You're still a woman of God. You're still a child of God. And I just love how the Bible writes. It says now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. And they said to each other, why stay here until we die? See, what's happening is there's a famine in the land. There's a famine in the land and nobody has food. Not the king, not anyone that that has money, no one of wealth. Nobody has food to spare. See, in a normal circumstance, lepers were marginalized. They were quarantined to a certain part of the city, and they weren't able to leave that part of the city. So it would be rare and difficult for them to get food, even when food is is flowing throughout the land. So if food was difficult for them to get, imagine how much more difficult it would be for them to get in the middle of a famine. So they're assessing the situation And now they start to have a conversation with themselves, and they say, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there, and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. It goes on to say, so they say, so let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. They say this, I love this, if they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Like, that's exactly how killing works. You know what I mean? If they kill you, you're dead. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. It goes on to say, at dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Armenians. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. No one, no one was there. And it goes on to say, for the Lord had caused the Armenians to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. Now imagine this next moment. Because these four men with leprosy are like, if we go over there, there's a possibility they they allow us to stay alive. Or there's this possibility if they kill us, and if they kill us, then we're dead. They think they only have two options. They're not even considering another possibility that God does the imaginable. And that's what breakthrough looks like. That's exactly what's happening right here. What we're reading is is breakthrough. This is it right here. So, So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses. They left the camp and it was as it was and ran for their lives. And now the men who had leprosy, they reached the edge of the camp. Imagine this as these men are walking in breakthrough. They're now experiencing it. They entered one of the tents and they ate and drank in the middle of a famine. The least likely people get food. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes, and they went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and then hid them also. Then they said to each other, this is it right here, they they are super saved. They said, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. What? The very men that have been marginalized and forgotten about and left for dead are now saying we have to go back and provide for those that have disrespected us and marginalized us. I'm going to take the next few moments. I want to preach to you from this idea as we continue on in this incredible sermon series. It's time for breakthrough. If you're taking notes, I want you to go on ahead and jot that down. It's time for breakthrough. If you're not taking notes, take notes. It's time for breakthrough. Let's pray one more time. Holy Spirit, speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, anybody okay with short prayers? You know what I mean? They still work the same, by the way. <laughs> Invite me over for the holidays. Your holidays wouldn't have went as bad. If you would have invited me over, I would have prayed. That turkey wouldn't have got cold. You know what I mean? Like, we, we would have got straight to it. <laughs> Man, I, I, was having this, I was having this thought as I was, as I was developing this, this message for, for this weekend, and I was thinking about traveling. Is there anybody in here that enjoys traveling? You, you enjoy traveling? Any, anybody not so much? Not so much, okay, a few of you. Anybody would say, Man, I enjoy it, but there are plenty of times that I've been nervous to travel. Come on, that's fair. I know I know I've been there. I, I remember planning a trip with my wife and some of our friends, and we were going out of the country. Now we were going somewhere that me and my wife have been to quite a few times, so so we already knew about it. We were bragging on it. We told our friends to join us. But our friends had never been out of the country before, uh, particularly my, 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 my friend's wife. She was saying how nervous she was because she, she had no idea what to expect. Now, we're trying to share with her from our experience, but because, because she was left to her own imagination, she wasn't really secure that we were actually telling her the truth. It got to the point that she almost didn't even get on the plane. So we had to call her when we already arrived, and we're saying, listen, we're here right now. We're we're here right now. You could get on the plane. It's safe. It's beautiful. The temperature is right. The pool's waiting for you. All these thoughts that you have, I promise you, I'm looking around right now, none of that exists. But if you stay home, you're going to miss out what we're experiencing right now. I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to tell you that God is calling you into a new place today. He is calling you to the future today. And he's saying, son, daughter, I know you're scared of what's in front of you. I know you're questioning what it looks like. But here's what I want you to know. I'm already there right now. And it's good. And it's great. And there's everything you need. And guess what? There's no famine in the future. No, no. There's abundance. And there's joy. And there's great things that I have for you. And it's because you love me that I prepared this for you. Because I've always loved you. But because you love me, I'm now going to give to you what it is that I have for you. See, I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, where it says this, As it is written, what no eye has seen. And what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. Who, who love him. Is there anybody in the room that says, man, I love Jesus. If there's, if there's one thing we could agree. All the people that love Jesus, give them a shout real quick. So here's the good news. If you love him, here's what's prepared for you. What no eye has seen. What no, what no ear has ever heard of. And what no human mind has conceived. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, it is time breakthrough we got somewhere to go and I want to get you there but in order for you to get there you're going to have to trust me and so here's what I want to do I want to take some cues from these four men because I feel like we could learn a whole lot from their disposition and decisions that they made in this season point one being this it's time to go because if we stay here we die That's what the Bible says. They looked at each other, and they said, if we stay here, we die. Am I talking about Rockford? No, I'm not talking about Rockford. I'm I'm talking about how we think. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he is. I feel the Holy Spirit saying, you want to see new things happen in your life? I want to challenge you in your lifestyle. I want to challenge you in your choices. Really, the root of of this point is simply Complacency. Some of you have gotten so comfortable in complacency that you've actually identified it as Christianity. But God says, I am not the God of comfort. I am the God of more. I am calling you to new places. I am calling you to new things. And because you love me, and hear this, because I love you so much, I have so much more for you. Because I love you, I'm not gonna leave you where you're at, Uh uh-uh. Your marriage can get better. Your parenting could get better. Your family could get better. Your finances could get better your business can flourish again. I am want to take you to new places. Not only do I want to redo for you what was taken from you, I want you to surpass it. Because what I have for you, you can't measure it against anything else. Why? Because no eye has seen it, no ear has heard it, and no human mind has ever conceived it or thought about it before. But here's the truth. Here, if we're going to get there, you're going to have to get up and go. But if you choose to stay where you're at, I promise If you stay here, you die. If you stay here, you die. Why? Because he's a God that's always on the move. He says, I want you to go with me. The word says, I go from glory to glory to glory. Do you know how many stuck Christians there are? There are, there are believers that are stuck in an era, an error in which they got saved in, and they have nostalgia attached to it. And there's nothing wrong with nostalgia, but when you're trying to relive glory days, what you're saying is God doesn't have any more glory for you. He says, no, son, no, don't I go from glory to glory to glory. I heard this story. I heard this story of, of, how, of how churches started putting, started putting chairs on the stage. You know, there are certain churches that they put chairs on the stage, and the pastors or, or the deacons or the elders, they, they sit off to the left, off to the right, or, or behind you. you. You ever seen churches like that? There was this one church that ran out of space. They were in revival. And because they ran out of space, they said, what do we do? They said, you know what, let's put chairs on the stage. They said, okay, who who do we sit on the stage? They said, you know what, Uh, just to be safe, let's put the pastors and the leaders, because that's probably the safest people to put on the stage. That's what they did. A few weeks go by. Someone comes up to the pastor and says, pastor, we don't have as many people as we did a few weeks ago. Should we just take the chairs off the stage? And the pastor responds, no, let's not do that. Because if we do that, then people will think that we're no longer growing. What a small mindset. What a, what a scary mindset. See, There are so many people that are trying to relive moments that as a result of it, they are robbing themselves of future glory and future greatness. Let me encourage you this way. I'm grateful for everything that God did, and I'm grateful for everything that was done in the past because without that, I would not be here right now. But how many of us know that our God is always on the move? And because he's always on the move, hear me. I don't want to be where God was. I want to be where God is. I want to be a part of what he's doing right now. I want to know what it is he has for my family. I want to know what it is that he has for my marriage. I want to know what it is that he has for my ministry. I want to know what it is that he has for my business. Because here's the truth. Complacency kills. And we hardly realize it because complacency also lies. It tells you that you don't need anything else. It tells you that you don't need to do anything else for the marriage. She should be happy enough. You don't need to do anything else for the marriage. He should be happy enough. That's not true. Husbands, you date your wives. Wives, you love your husband. You you get creative with your children. It's not enough that you just brought them into the world. Show them life while they're on earth. Show them how to live. Show them how to steward their finances. Be the kind of parent that exposes them to more because what you don't show them, somebody else will. We cannot be people of complacency. We have to be people that are willing to go, people that are going to step out. And you know why? Because there's so much more out, for, out there for us. Well, what does it look like? I can't tell you because no eye has seen it, no ear has heard it, and no human mind has ever conceived it. But I know it's there and it's waiting. And here's what I know. It's better than anything else that's behind me. He says if we stay here, we die. We got to get up and go. And then he says, and then he says, if we go to the city, if we go to the city, the famine is there too. It is fair to say that that the city represents secular thinking. So we're not saying don't go to the city. But here's what we are saying. We are not going to pick up secular thinking and abandon the word of God as if the secular has something greater than the word of God. Point two, you could write this time. It's never time to abandon the word. It is never time to abandon the word. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what that means? He's timeless. That means his word is always good. The same word that saved us is the same word that will sustain us. The same word that sustains us is the same word that will propel us into the future and will allow us to grow and be successful. See, I understand post-COVID, everybody trying to deconstruct the church. Everybody making TikTok videos and Misconstruing verses and adding their truth to it. But the truth is, how many of us know that our truth will get us into a whole lot of trouble? I do want to live according to my feelings because my feelings are fickle. I've learned that this day and age, I could believe that something is true in a moment, but then my emotions tell me something else, and now I have another truth. I'm not going to live according to my truth. I am going to live according to the truth. And here's what the word of God is saying Son, daughter, I have more for you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. But the same way I will never leave you nor forsake you I need you to be as committed to me. When it comes to identity I'm not going to allow the world to tell me what, what 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 is appropriate for my children. I'm not going to allow secular thinking to talk to me about sexuality. I'm not going to allow secular thinking to talk to me about finances. I'm not going to allow secular thinking to override what the word of God says about what a marriage looks like, what a unity between a husband and a wife looks like. Uh, uh, uh You could believe that all you want, but here's what I know about that thinking. That thinking is attached to a famine because the famine is there too. So who am I to think that I could flourish in a famine, having a diet off of something that is full of malnutrition. The word says that the word of God is life. The word of God is life. The word of God is life. Some of us, some of us have exchanged biblical beliefs for secular beliefs all because it, it, it fits our narrative better. It allows us to do what we want to do. But here's a good question. How's that going for you? Did it make your marriage better? Did it give you the peace? Are, are you still struggling with anxiety? Are you, are you still struggling with depression? Ha, ha, do, the, do the kids love Jesus more? The challenge today, my friend, is to keep Jesus in front of us. Keep the main thing, the main thing, because I promise you, if you want to see breakthrough, the pathway does not look secular. The pathway looks small. It looks narrow. It looks slim. But I promise you, when you, as you follow the steps that God has in front of you, breakthrough is on the other side of it. So the same way you need to break, complacency, you're going to have to break up with the world. You are a new creation. The same way it's never a good idea. It's never a good idea for a husband or a wife to call an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. Never a good idea. Fair? Well, we're the bride of Christ. Some of you are still trying to date the world. You're still trying to keep attachments to those styles, those ways of thinking, how you handle, let's say, business, taxes, identity. The Holy Spirit's saying, no, daughter. No, son, let me, let me talk to you about self-worth. Let me, let me talk to you about holiness. Let me talk to you about raising your children because my ways are greater. My ways are higher. I am telling you, I know it seems appealing, but it will only hurt you and disregard you. And you will never, you will never experience, you will never experience what it is that God has for you if you keep holding on to what the world seems to be promising you. There's this quote by Andrew Murray. I wrote it down. It says, pride must die. Pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Pride must die in you. Or nothing of heaven can live in you. What heaven is trying to say, I'm telling you, I'm going to lead you to abundance. I'm going to lead you to great. But if you don't tell that voice on the inside of you that is telling you to do everything opposite of how I'm leading you, I'm telling you it's going to lead you down the wrong path. There are men and women that have lived before us and have gone further, and they're saying, listen, I've been where you were, and I've only gotten to where I am, not because of my own feelings, but because I allowed the Holy Spirit not only to fill me, but to guide me. Do you know that the pathway to breakthrough is led by the Holy Spirit and narrated by the Holy Spirit, and he says, walk in the ways of the Holy Spirit, leading us to a place of what? Something incredible. Well, what does it look like? I don't know. I can't tell you because no eye has seen it. No ear has heard it. No no human mind has conceived it. But here's what I can tell you, that when you follow the ways of God, you could could bet that it is time for breakthrough. It is time for breakthrough. The, the, The four men with leprosy, they have a conversation. They say, man, if we stay here, we're dead. And if we go to the world, we're dead. But if we go surrender to our enemies, there's a possibility that they spare us. But if they kill us, we're dead. See, the idea sounds crazy. The idea sounds crazy. But the truth is, the truth is, it's not crazy at all, it's kingdom. Kingdom often sounds crazy because it's the exact opposite of what we can concoct on our own. The ideas that come from our own thinking will tell us that we only have two options. But when you put the mindset of the kingdom on, you realize that the options are endless. And God will make a way where there even seems to be no way. So they say if we go there, they could spare us or they kill us. But those are two only two options. But God says just trust me and you will see what it is that I have for you. And that's exactly it right there. Here's what I want you to know, my friends, surrender leads to breakthrough. So often we have, we, have, we have said statements and thought to ourselves, and the Capital C Church has done a poor job. We've, we've told people that if you just pray once, if you respond to one altar call, if you sow one seed, now you're going to live a life of breakthrough. That's not true. Breakthrough takes intentionality. God says, I don't want to just provide breakthrough for you. I want to include you in breakthrough. This is why he'll tell a man, he'll tell a man, take up your mat and walk. He's about to get breakthrough only when he's willing to get up and pick up his mat. He he tells a he tells a blind person, he says, I'm gonna put mud on your eyes and I'm gonna smear it. Now go wash it off. The man is blind. How does he know where to wash it off? But God says, I want to include you with breakthrough. He tells the disciples after they've been fishing all night, I want you to drop your net in the deep end. They're like, they're like, Listen, I know you're the Lord of all, but we're fishermen, we know better than you. And he's like, just listen to me. And he drops their net, and what happens? They have an abundance of fish. They've never seen anything like it. They've never heard anything like it. But guess what? They wouldn't have got it had they not participated in the breakthrough. Friend, what I'm trying to tell you today is that God doesn't want to just provide you breakthrough. He wants to include you in breakthrough. And the inclusion looks like surrender. And at first, you might be scared of it. And for a moment, you might even hate it. But eventually, eventually, you'll love it. It always seems scary when you're following the voice of the Holy Spirit. What is this going to look like? I can't describe it to you. Well, why not? Because no, I seen it. see. See, we get so stuck on the details. We get so stuck on the details that we don't ever get to the abundance because we're saying we don't know enough. And he's saying, son, daughter, that's exactly it. I could tell you, but I don't want to. I need you to learn to trust me. I need you to get to the place where you say, not not my will be done, but thy will be done. See, see the truth is we love preaching Jesus, but you can't preach Jesus and not live sacrifice. We love to talk about his sacrifice. He says, but if you're going to be my disciple, you have to carry your cross daily. That cross, that's not the cross of sin. He died on the cross of sin. That's the cross of purpose. He says, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to carry it out. And can I tell you, when you're walking to breakthrough, it looks a whole lot like this. Being obedient to God. Saying, okay, God, I don't fully understand it. I don't fully get it. But I'm saying yes to your will. I'm saying yes to your way. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Wherever you're calling me to go, I'll go. Because what's our other option? Staying where we're at? We stay here, we're dead. If we go back, guess what? The famine is there, too. It's lifeless, we're dead. So how do we get to the fruit? We live lives of faith. Just say, God, wherever you're calling us, let's let's go. I remember a few. A few years ago, I was traveling, I was with my my guy, his name is BJ, BJ is actually a flight attendant, which is a funny detail of the story. Because we were in Jersey and we had to fly to Flowood, Mississippi. Come on, you don't get any more Mississippi than Flowood, am I right? (laughs) It took us three planes to get there, three planes. I remember we finally get there, we're in the hotel room and I'm sitting on the bed. BJ has his back towards me and he just kind of says out loud. Pastor Chris, where are we? I'm like, what do you mean, BJ? He's like, where are we? I was like, we're in the hotel. He's like, no, Pastor, like, what what city and state are we in? I'm so confused because he's a flight attendant, you know. How does he not know this? I go, BJ, we're in Mississippi. He goes, oh. I said, bro, you're telling me that you got on three planes today three planes, and have no clue where you were going or where we are? He said, yeah. He said, for me, as long as I knew I was with you, I was good. Friends, that's it right there. That's the mindset right there. Oh, BJ taught me something. He he taught me in that moment, that's what following Jesus looks like. I'm not sure exactly where it is that I'm going, but here's what I've learned. When I get so caught up with the destination and the details of the destination, it will rob me of the joy that's on the journey. See, because can I tell you, breakthrough is not necessarily a destination, but breakthrough is a lifestyle. Each and every day I experience new joy, new mercy, new glory, new things as I continually say yes to Jesus and here's what the Holy Spirit is saying it is time for breakthrough son I got more for you daughter I have more for you I want you to get up I want you to surrender to me and here's what's gonna happen your mind is gonna be blown why is my mind gonna be blown because what I'm about to give you you've never seen it you've never heard it and you couldn't have concocted it on your own but because you love me and I love you so much what I have for you is good what I have for you is great what I have for you is beautiful get ready, your marriage is about to get better get ready, your family's about to get better your your business is about to get better your finances are about to get better your joy is about to get you're going to start dancing again you're going to start laughing again you're going to start resting again I prophesy that in the name of Jesus your breakthrough is going to be a full night's sleep You're not going to have to rely on pills. You're not going to have to rely on drinks. It's it's simply the joy of the Lord is going to become your strength, your breakthrough. Your breakthrough is going to look like happiness, man. In the midst of a famine, you're about to feast. In the midst of a world that is dying and confused, says son, daughters, you don't even you need to stop being overwhelmed by everything society is telling you. Because I do not operate the way the world does. I operate from a different source. I operate from the kingdom where we lack no good thing. Where we own what we own. And anything we want to provide, we will. And here's the beautiful part about breakthrough. Breakthrough begets generosity. Friends, my favorite part of this story, the part that gets me every time, is that one of the men look at each other they say, we can't keep this to ourselves. Friends, that's the gospel. We can't keep this to ourselves. It's for Christ's love that compels us, and we can give you every excuse why they don't deserve it, right? They, they marginalized us. They, they disrespect us. They were going to leave us for dead. If they would have found the food, they would have brought it. But that's it. That's why they didn't find it. He says, son, don't keep this to yourself. It's going to be the extension of your generosity that lets them know that even in the midst of a famine, there's a God that can provide. And friends, can I tell you, this is an incredible church, man. You know. You don't get better than this you have traveled the world you don't you don't get better worship than this you don't get better teaching than what you have in pastor jeremy and jen you, you don't get better you got first wednesdays you got baptisms and in a day and age where churches are closing we're we're baptizing people but friends who are we to think that this is just for us because do you know outside these walls and just in just this city there's a famine and there's people that are, that are shooting things into their vein because they, they think it's going to give them joy and they're, they're addicted to drinking in order to have to go to sleep. And here we are with all this goodness, all this abundance, and who are we, friends? Breakthrough is never selfish. Breakthrough is generous. Breakthrough says, man, I want you to get in on this because here's the thing about God's breakthroughs. He doesn't run out. Oh, there's more than enough for him to go around. So it never takes away from you. No, it only adds. It, it only adds. He says, son, Lord, I'm looking for people that are willing to chase after me. And as they chase after me, they bring others along with them. And guess what? As a group, oh, we're going to be able to celebrate. What are we celebrating? About what we're experiencing has never been seen before. It's never been heard before. See, what I'm saying is revival is coming, and we get to be a part of it. Revival is coming. Breakthrough is coming, and we get to lead people to everything it is that God has. If you're in agreement with that, can you stand? Would you lift up your hands if you're comfortable with it? If not, that's okay. Just lift up your hands like this. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over us. God, I come before you right now, and I pray, oh God, that you would help us to be so hungry for your will and your way that we would chase after you, that we wouldn't be people of complacency. We would not be people that get so stuck where we're at that we would seek you, seek you for our marriage, seek you for our children, seek you for our business, seek you for our own mental health. God, that anything that's in us that is not of you, would you take it away? We want to be men and women of breakthrough. We want to be men and women that lead to breakthrough, that live lives of continual breakthrough would you do this for us and our children and our children's children and our children's children children would you would you allow breakthrough to be a part of our legacy would you allow joy to be a part of our legacy and God I pray that you would get us to the place where we can't keep it to ourselves in Jesus' name if you're in agreement with that can you shout amen now I have to do this before I go One more opportunity here. Would you close your eyes? If you've never given your life to Jesus, this is your moment. If you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, this is your moment. Say, I don't want to live in the famine. I want to live feasting. This is your moment. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, when I say three, you lift up your hand. I'll lead you through a very simple prayer. One, Jesus loves you and he died specifically for you. Two, tomorrow is not promised to any man or any woman. But the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your hand now. Three, lift it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can keep it up. Yeah, yeah, I see you. Yeah. Repeat this with me. In fact, let's all repeat it together. Say, Jesus, you are king. You are Lord. Thank you for dying for my sins. And three days later, rising again, forgive me of all my wrongdoing. I give my life to you, Jesus my King, amen, amen, amen. The Bible says that when one gives their life to Jesus, that the angels in heaven rejoice. Can we join in with the angels right now and thank God for every person, come on.